You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to another edition, uh, another episode of the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of July 2022. With your usual Wednesday afternoon drive time show presenters, myself, Shajil Ahmed, and also with us, Dr. Tariq Bajwa. Assalamu alaikum. How are you doing? Um, peace be on you. Was, uh, what a change, you know, from yesterday. Mm. Uh, it was burning mm. hot. Yes, we, we got some idea of what heat is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yesterday going for prayers to the mosque, and on the way, it was my feeling was just like I'm in, I'm in Pakistan, in Punjab, uh, you know. Um, nice. Because you know the hot air was like touching your mm. your eyes and mm. your face and uh, and practically it was like a mm. burning feeling. It was a hot because the wind was hot as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the wind was hot. The wind was and, hot. And as that well. is what makes it hot. That, and I had had hot, that yeah. experience once. We went to uh, Mecca and Medina mm. uh, during the month of Ramadan mm. and uh, towards the end. And practically at night at two thirty. We had in the like, morning. No, no. Uh, yeah, two thirty at night time. Uh, A.M. So A.M. Yeah. A.M. Uh, because we we yeah. tried to come for Tajid yeah, prayers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and um, it was like as if the there are furnaces outside on the road and they are you know like focused on the, you. Uh, wow. of, obviously, it is inside the hotel. You are fine. Inside the haram, it is fine. Mm. Um, mall, you know, market, everything is is covered. But when you come come on the road, mm. then you feel. On the but streets. I couldn't understand that. Uh, where is this heat coming at this time of? The, because even mm. even in in Pakistan, uh, we never had that sort of experience. Yet nights are cooler, yeah. and uh, you know they are at least bearable. And uh, but this was something a new experience. Uh, but yesterday, obviously, for this country, is very very um, new experience. Mm. And um, I think they, every, everybody was questioning uh, the news. Everything was about mm. about was the weather. About, Today the weather. is much better, much cooler. And we were able to have some cold drinks at, at the mosque after prayers. Wow, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's, that's nice. <laughs> so, that attract a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, uh, but I think that's a wise step to take because mm. it's still hot. And it's going to be still hot for a few days. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <coughs> we we did have a little bit of a shower last, uh, you know, last night as well. Uh, I remember going for you know for for the for the night. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. it rained. It, it sort of cooled the temperature down uh, a little bit as well. So that's so that's uh, that's good stuff. Um, today we're t- we're talking about uh, two two main topics that we're going to be covering. Firstly, we are going to be speaking about uh, alcohol marketing. Uh, this constant bombardment uh, uh, regarding uh, in regards to alcohol as well. We're going to be speaking about what marketing, you know, marketing of alcohol actually is. What the you know what the, the what the you know the harmful effects of uh, alcohol are, are as well. 
as the as the Islamic angle and the Islamic uh, uh, intake in regards to in regards to alcohol, the consumption of alcohol, the use of alcohol as well. So that's something we're going to be speaking about in the first part of the show, and in the second show, second part, we are going to be speaking about uh, about heaven, uh, demystifying al jannah, al jannah being uh, you know the garden, the garden being uh, of course uh, paradise and heaven as well so that's something we're going to be covering towards the towards the latter part of the show the number to call in if you want to voice your opinion if you want to ask ask us a question um, is 0208-687-7878 you can also tweet to us at voice of islam uk or leave us your comments on our instagram page which is also voice of islam uk um just to begin with when we when we speak about alcohol when we want to talk about alcohol the 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 holy quran in chapter 2 verse 220 allah the almighty mentions in that one that they asked thee concerning wine and the game of hazard say in both there is great sin and also some advantages for men but their sin is greater than their advantage and they asked thee what they should spend say what you can spare Thus does Allah make His command, make His commandments clear to you, that you may reflect. So let's be honest. Wherever we look, alcohol is being used in um, in different forms, in one way or another. Where it is, you know, for consumption as part of a sort of a celebration. Um, sometimes, you know, people people use it in in cooking or even used in the form of medicines as well. So, so there are different ways in which alcohol is actually consumed it's used is utilized um and alcohol does a lot to does a lot to your body although drinking may feel uh you know some people you know people who drink it they say they may feel good in the short term it can have a disastrous effect in the in the long term uh, in the long term as well alcohol is able to alter um your body's mental and also physical health as well as lead to a lot of other diseases as well. Alcoholism and, cr- and chronic use of alcohol are also associated with numerous medical, psychi- psychiatric, social and family problems as well. It's not just problems with which are internal, problems which are uh, sort of physical problems, um, whether they are, you know, whether they are hidden in terms of uh, inside your body or outside your body, but also your social life, your family life, your 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 friends and your family. You may have fallouts with your friends and family as well. You may have uh, different social problems when it comes to too much uh, or alcohol abuse as well. One of the latest rising concern is the marketing of alcohol as well, especially due to its effect on the younger people, the younger audience as well. Now, this is something we're going to be speaking about. So stay tuned as we discuss the rise of alcohol consumption and why. Islam advises its uh, its followers, Muslims, to abstain from uh, from the consumption of alcohol as well. You see, such a um, advice with wisdom, the Holy Quran, whatever it uh, tells us to do. Obviously, this is a book of commandment of God, um, which gives the principles uh, of the teachings of Islam, and uh, on on those principles, uh, it doesn't just say that do this or do that uh, but it also gives the wisdom behind it hmm. uh, and that's the beauty of Islam wherever you know you find any teachings 
you will find um, the wisdom. It may not have been explained on the, at the same place where a commandment comes, but um, somewhere in the Holy Quran, it does explain in details what what are the benefits, or what are the harms mm. if, if there is a commandment. And in this particular, uh, the verse you referred to earlier um, from chapter 2, verse 220, yes. about um, you know this commandment from God which came, uh, it, it definitely very clearly mentioned that, yes, it has got some advantages for men. Mm. But those advantages, why uh, they have been put behind and it has been forbidden and considered as a sin to drink is that its sin has been considered greater than, than, advantages. than the advantages. So the ill effects are worse than the good effects. Of course, there can be some good effects. Uh, uh, and um, as we go, we will mention some of those. Uh, but definitely, and, and and a beauty, you know, one beauty of Islam, which is very evident and which came out in front of people and anybody who actually wants to investigate about the beauty of Islam can see at just one thing. And that was the obedience to the commandment of God Almighty that in Medina, at that time, because alcohol was not forbidden, mm. and and then this re revelation came, mm. yes, and that was the very first time that the um, the alcohol was forbidden, and people used to drink, and it was like culture. It's a part of the culture as it is nowadays here in in European countries, in all over, um, you know, various parts of the world. Uh, it becomes a culture. So that was their culture, that if you go to somebody's home, he will offer you, rather than a cup of tea or drink, cold drink, it will offer you, you know, uh, a cup alcohol. Of and, this is, yeah. and this is norm. You know, nobody considers it bad. Nobody, it is part of the culture. Hmm. So same was the case. And, and the more, you know, the richer the person who is inviting you, the higher the, higher the intoxication the the, would yeah, be. And exactly. the party will go on and for on longer. Uh, yeah. and for longer and uh, apart from that because alcohol brings other things with it and they were also associated with it mm. uh, which includes gambling which includes uh, women and um, you yeah. know and indulgence yeah. in the indecency uh, all the other things and and because of the effects of alcohol you know um, uh, because it takes away the inhibition from you mm. and um, once it takes away inhibition then People who are drinking, they can commit such crimes, which you know, which you 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 wonder whether a human being can can do that. So, at when this commandment came, and the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he sent somebody out who, who was announcing in the streets of Medina, hmm. and they say, and it has been narrated that in the streets of Medina, the um, the alcohol, the wine, was flowing like. Like water, like a, like a river, yeah. Like a river, everywhere. You know, and and there is, there is also an incident where you know one companion, when they heard this, said he said that this uh, commandment has come, mm. and he said, okay, just break the uh, just break the barrels, uh, the, the, the yeah. barrels, and uh, and one of them said that, oh, yeah, let 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 us just confirm let's because confirm it's just come, yeah. let's confirm that, and he said, no, once we have heard. We are going we to will, obey, obey, and then one. we will confirm. <laughs> so that is that's a beautiful example of yeah. the, the obedience to you know, and that's the level of ex uh, obedience expected. Mm. Uh, and of course, it was a commandment coming from um, uh, from God Almighty, but through the Holy Prophet of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Mm. And nobody can show any other example that anybody anybody else was uh, obeyed so much uh, with intense love.
Uh, that that is shown in the, by, in, that way. by uh, in the time of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Of course, you know all of these uh, incidents uh, as well. They they are also there to, to you know for for us to actually look at and then sort of replicate as well, trying our best to actually emulate those those pious examples as well. We'll speak a little bit more about this uh, in just a bit as well. But let's get our first guest, uh, who is on the line with us, Alison Douglas, the Chief Executive of Alcohol Focus Scotland. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us this this afternoon. To begin with, p- please tell us what uh, alcohol-related harm is and uh, how Alcohol Focus Scotland is aiming to reduce and uh, also prevent it. There's a really wide range of harms that are caused by alcohol. It's responsible for over 200 um, diseases mm. and injuries um, and that is the focus tends to be on the drinker but you know alcohol causes a really significant range of harms to people other than the drinker Hmm. that can include family members children uh, you know family friends uh, colleagues even um, where people are not performing at work or they're not reliably coming to work but you know really those those health harms are are very significant i mean here in scotland alcohol is responsible for almost one in 15 of all deaths in scotland you know that's really shocking and remarkable when you stop and think about it Hmm. so there's many people who are losing their lives there's many people who are suffering whether that is from alcohol dependence which is obviously the extreme end of alcohol addiction Hmm. but you know many other people will over the course of uh, 20 years or so they may develop alcohol related cancers um, cardiovascular disease uh, stroke and uh, as well as what we often think of um, you know alcohol related liver disease so uh, you know it's also linked to people experiencing Injury um, as a result of uh, falls or or misadventure, and then in addition to that, people are more likely to become involved either as a perpetrator or also as a victim of violent crime. So, you know, that just kind of paints a picture of what the harms are to the individuals. But as I say, you know, many family members will tell you that uh, they experience significant harm as a result of family you know parents or or members of the family who have an alcohol problem and therefore their their behavior becomes erratic um, or potentially violent um, and they become unreliable or 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 simply people are are anxious and worried about a family member who has an alcohol problem so Mm. these these impacts are really wide-ranging and profound given that here in Scotland, about a quarter of people are drinking regularly over the re- low risk drinking guidelines. Mm. Well, that's that's quite a lot as well. Alison, um, you see, um, I think most of people they do they are aware of the dangers uh, associated with alcohol. Um, and the government is very well aware of, and they have recently run a, a very good campaign ago about the smoking, and it has had a benefit, uh, you know, to the people. Why is it that still we have a very constant bombardment of alcohol marketing, uh, which helps to increase the consumption of the product all the time? 
Um, what are your thoughts about that? We have a very strong and lucrative alcohol industry here in the UK and those vested interests are trying to promote alcohol consumption as a normal and desirable part of everyday life and unfortunately the, the truth is that many of us have swallowed that and we believe that and we use alcohol to celebrate or to relax or to commiserate, to self-medicate if we're feeling anxious. So we're using alcohol in all sorts of ways, but increasingly it's seen as an everyday product for many people. Um, and here, you know, in the UK, we've kind of gone from being drinkers, you know, maybe on the weekend or uh, in life on licensed premises to be drinking really significant amounts at home. I mean, three quarters of all the alcohol sold here is sold in the off trade. And that means that we're we're kind of seeing having a bottle of wine for dinner as being a kind of normal thing rather than seeing it as an un, uh, you know an occasional thing for, mm. for those who drink, obviously. We also have a lot of abstainers in the UK um, it's almost 20% of people don't drink at all and that may be for a mixture of you know some for some people that be for religious reasons for other people it may just be a personal preference or um, for health reasons but the dominant culture and one which is actively driven by the alcohol companies is is to normalize alcohol and to uh, market it as a means of socializing and connecting with with other people is there any is there any like religious association with alcohol because some people say well um you know uh, because it is it is not forbidden so um uh, what you know what's the harm we were just drinking a little bit and and particularly you know at homes people are you know they're waiting for their specific age that you know once they arrive there then that's the first celebration that they can have alcohol um so what are your thoughts about that i think we often as adults think that we're helping children and young people to develop a kind of healthier attitude towards alcohol if we introduce it uh, introduce them to it in the home there's no evidence at all for that um the the later that uh, young people start to drink, if they drink at all, the better, basically. Um, so, so it's it it doesn't it doesn't help particularly to to sort of try and give your your child a, a small amount of alcohol with with a meal or whatever in your home. What you're basically doing is you're teaching that child that drinking alcohol is a normal. Mm part of adulthood and that's that's just unhealthy and unhelpful because you know our understanding of the impacts of alcohol consumption have really developed uh you know the fact that it is causal in eight different types of cancer for example but there still is very low rates of understanding and awareness of that in the general population um you talked about campaigns you know it, it, it a, a social marketing campaign run by the government is a, really a drop in the ocean compared to the constant bombardment of pro-alcohol messages that we're getting from the industry and and even in popular culture you know whether it's on television with so many of our soap operas based in pubs um or it's greetings cards where 
the dominant message is, you know, enjoy your birthday, you know, with with a, a, a bottle of gin or or whatever. So th- this is very very prevalent, and it's in the industry's interest to maintain that as the dominant culture. When it when it comes to the you know the the consumption of alcohol, so you mentioned before as well that uh, you know there's there's over two hundred different diseases which one can actually get as well. What are the results of excessive alcohol consumption, uh, not only to the consumer, but also other people? So obviously to the individual, you know, you've got um, risks associated with short-term intoxication. So that might be, you know, certainly you're not fit to drive a car if you've been drinking, but you're also much more likely to, to have an accident. And, you know, the proportion of ambulance call-outs which are related to alcohol consumption is mm. about 15 to 20 percent so you know it's really really high and then you've got the longer term conditions so you know drinking over 20 30 years being linked to cardiovascular disease and cancer but you know when you talk about the impacts on on others a really significant proportion of child protection cases in the UK would be linked to alcohol and um, about half of all murders are also linked to alcohol. So, you know, this is not a problem just for the drinker. This is a problem for us collectively as a, as communities and as society at large. Mm-hmm. And of course, the individual also has uh, financial implications because, you know, if he depend- becomes dependent, he's not going to work, he's not going to, and and as a result, the, his family is going to suffer as well. So um, my uh, next question would be, what, what age groups are more at risk to become users of alcohol, especially due to the uh, marketing strategies which we have at the moment? If, I'm, if I may just pick up on your point about the financial costs, uh, before I move on to address that point, yeah. I mean, the the costs of alcohol uh, use in the UK are estimated at £27 billion pounds a year. Uh, so, you know, it's an absolutely huge uh, cost to us all. And, you know, every taxpayer is, is contributing to that bill. You know, the overhead on the NHS uh, alone is £3.5 billion. So you're right, at an individual level, there's a financial cost. But again, at a, at a societal level, there's there's a huge cost. Um, but sorry, you were you were asking me about age groups at risk. Well, I mean, the, the honest answer is that no age group is not at risk. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, children and young people uh, physiologically are more at risk from consuming alcohol so you know small amounts of alcohol during your teenage years when your your brain is still developing into your early 20s uh, there can be implications there for how how your your brain is developing and how the wiring is evolving over that time and you know alcohol is the leading risk factor for death, ill health and disability for 15 to 49 year olds in the UK. So it is it's a major problem for uh, those age groups. But the highest levels of death we see in the middle ages 
and that's because people will have been drinking for decades by that point so some of the diseases as I mentioned cancer for example and cardiovascular disease those things uh, develop over a, a lifetime of drinking really so 20 or 30 years that's when you you start seeing those effects so the heaviest drinking groups are the middle age groups and those are the people who are experiencing the greatest harm but uh, younger people uh, are more likely to experience accidents or to be involved in violence. Absolutely, absolutely. Alison Douglas, it's uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you this afternoon. Uh, thank you so much for joining us with your expertise as well. Uh, thank you once again and have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Okay. Yeah, Alison, you know, she mentioned about uh, that um, the accidents and how these uh, the effects of alcohol can influence an individual, mm. and uh, I have had a personal experience of that, and I can oh I wow. can um, share it with you. Yeah, um, it's about like twenty years ago, so in the year two thousand and one. Mm. Um, I happened to go to the for my fajr prayers. You know, this mm. is this the is about uh, one and a half hour before the sunrise. Mm. So, that's the time, and in summer it's quite early as well. Yeah, and, and it was, days, it's yeah. was just after our annual conference. Those days when we have the guests as well, and um, so I was going as a routine that early morning you you enjoying and you are just praying in your heart, and suddenly I saw there were four youngsters, mm. um, and one of them was being held by uh, our uh, you know safe security officer there mm. and and he had a bottle of uh, alcohol in his hand mm. and he was holding this man and the other three um of them two girls and one boy mm. one girl or two boy I, I don't remember exactly but they, they were all like teenagers mm. and they were uh, like abusing him and and asking him to to, rele- to release him so because I was going for prayers and I saw you know, this is happening, this situation. Yeah. So I, I got involved and I said, what's the matter? What, what, what is happening? Do you need any help or do you need? To? And um, and he said that, uh, no, no, somebody has gone to call the police. So they'll be around soon. So it's, it's mm. fine. So I just, uh, start, uh, you know, um, accompanied him for a, for, mm. a, for a little while. And then um suddenly this this man who had come who had gone to invo- to invite the police to mm. call the police he came back and he he was a guest from germany mm. and he said that oh i i don't know i couldn't call the police and mm. uh, and so he, uh, this security officer he started walking towards the towards the mosque it was very close to the mosque yeah. and uh, because he started walking i was behind him and I thought that he's aware that I'm I'm behind him and I've stopped because of him. Mm. But he obviously was, uh, his mind was involved in what yeah. is going on yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. a security officer as well and the prayers was going on at that time. Um, so uh, suddenly these three people who were free, they, uh, one of them hit, hit me from behind mm. uh, at my head. Mm. And I, I became, I, you know, uh, I became dizzy and I fell oh. down. Right, and uh, then they suddenly, you know, they started beating me up. Oh, uh, I, w- I was on the ground, and they were hitting me like like an animal. They were, you know, with the kicks and mm. on my head. So, um, so, le- so later on, this, you know, this this happened for within within a few minutes, and then um, by the time they realized that this has happened to me, and they turned around, um, you know, they had they 
they ran away they and ran I away. I was lying like semi-conscious there mm. so they called the police and the ambulance came and, and everything what happened and um, uh, but because of that you know obviously I went to the I was taken to the hospital and uh, I was treated and but I suffered for like five years with the dizziness mm. you know what oh, I right. do. Uh, and uh, obviously you have um, some psychological impacts but the point I wanted to mention was that when this case went to the court uh, obviously it was a very strong case because they had beaten somebody who was going for prayers mm. and uh, you know and they had just beaten because they were mm. under the effect of alcohol yeah um, uh, so they they released them because one that they were young Mm. Uh, and the second that they they were drunk, yeah, you know what a pity. You know, it was it, an it, irony it that they should be uh, they should have been punished twice because once they have once they, drink, were. Uh, they were drunk, second they were committing a crime, mm. and because they're, they they are drunk they are uh, let free because uh, they, they were drunk so they, they didn't know what to do. Um, yeah. So this is this what, what is this is such an effect. Mm. Uh, impact, you know, and I personally know that it has affected part of my life that, uh, you know, physically suffering from that. Mm. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, you, you look at the justice, you know, which is uh, the system which is done. But this is just because this is an example which has come in relation to the topic that came to my mind that because it stops your inhibitions, and it does not stop at one stage. It will be from one stage. One day you will stop recognizing your mother, your sister, mm. you know, at home, domestic abuse. And from there it spreads to the society and you have all types of ill effects. Apart from the physical effects, you are suffering y yourselves. Yeah. But you uh, create a havoc for the society as well. I mean, I mean the, the, it's such a it's such a shame though that you know you had to go through that as well, and then you know nothing happened to to those. Yeah, they, they were let free. Yes, I mean, they were let yeah. free just because they were just because they were young and because they were they were drunk. And it was not that it was just me. They had beaten another person before me. Oh, right. Before I came, and that is why he was holding that person. Mm, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, one yeah, of the of security course, staff course, yeah. who were who was beaten up by them, and that is why they were they were holding. So, um, so the criminals were they they are let go just because they are drunk, and that that attitude has to be changed. That attitude definitely you yeah. know has to be changed. Something in the in the just, justice system, uh, as well. Um, I mean, thank you for for sharing that uh, that story uh, with us as well. That you know that personal experience, even though it must have been quite traumatic uh, as well, I'm sure. But let's let's speak to our let's speak to our next guest who is on the line as well, Mike Dunabear, who's the director of uh, strategy and advocacy. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Good morning, uh, good afternoon, and welcome to the show. Um, hello, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us this uh, this afternoon. Um, Please tell us uh, a little bit more about the uh, Movendi movement uh, international and how you aim to prevent alcohol consumption. Yeah, thank you for this question. Movendi international is the largest global social movement that works with um, addressing all harms caused by uh, the products and practices of the alcohol industry. We are 137 uh, member organizations in more than 50 countries. Mm. And we together work on um, preventing alcohol harm, creating alcohol-free environments for children, young people, for adults, uh, for example, also adults um, who are trying to overcome dependency addiction issues. So we also work with rehabilitation or recovery 
and we work with advocacy so to find policy solutions that can protect the most people, uh, the biggest amount of communities from alcohol harms. So I myself, I work at the global level, but I have a background also in prevention and youth work uh, many years ago. Mm. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's so important that we have these heart-driven members all around the world um, that are addressing the harm that they are seeing that is caused by alcohol. Mm. Do you think that alcohol marketing can have a negative effect on, on, on people with or a risk of uh, an alcohol problem? Yeah, I think this is also a very important question. Mm. Let me begin by, by saying alcohol marketing is any form of commercial communication or commercial messaging that is designed to increase or has the effect of increasing the recognition, the appeal and the consumption of alcohol products and uh, services related to alcohol consumption through advertising, sponsorship, and other forms of promotion. So marketing is a broader term. And what you can hear from, from this is that marketing is a strategic tool of the alcohol industry. And so uh, the answer is yes, alcohol marketing is uh, harmful for people that are struggling uh, with alcohol, but it's actually harmful for all people in society. So you don't need to be an especially vulnerable person or community. Um, alcohol marketing is designed to make everybody want to consume alcohol, want to consume more alcohol, and then also think, believe that everybody in society likes alcohol and wants to have alcohol present all the time, which is actually not the case. So. Here I would say, yes, it's uh, harmful for everybody and it's uh, particularly harmful for children and young people and also for people uh, that are at risk of or are struggling with alcohol problems. You know, ch children also, you know, uh, as well as adults, ch children especially uh, are constantly being reminded about the existence of, uh, of alcohol. What issues can this exposure you know, to them uh, to marketing create for child's development? Um, as I said before, the alcohol industry is using alcohol marketing strategically and aggressively. They need, you know, it's like that. Alcohol is actually a dull product. It's, it's a very boring product. There is no innovation uh, in this product as such. Hmm. You can imagine other uh, products that create attention and create a new need for consumption through innovation. Um, for example, an iPhone or, or other things. And compared to that, alcohol is actually dull and boring. So the alcohol industry needs to invest aggressively into alcohol marketing to convince people to consume alcohol. And as I said before, to imagine that everybody likes alcohol and wants to have alcohol all the time everywhere. And that approach by the alcohol industry is specifically harmful uh, to children from the United States, we know, for example, that underage alcohol use uh, contributes $17 billion in uh, revenues to the U.S. alcohol industry. Mm -hmm. So even the income from underage alcohol use is actually an important revenue channel for the alcohol industry, but more so they are creating lifetime consumers that are... Um, that, that uh, belong to a brand that follow a brand so to say hmm. and so the alcohol industry is uh, targeting and exposing as you have asked in your question children and young people 
uh, deliberately and very often also strategically. And uh, simply said, what that does is it makes uh, children and young people start consuming alcohol earlier than they would otherwise do. It makes them consume more alcohol and it makes them consume alcohol at more risky ways or at higher risk ways. So binge alcohol consumption, for example. Mm. And we can see that uh, young people consume the brands that they are being bombarded with. So you can see a direct link between marketing, uh, brand promotion, brand allegiance, and then these harms. Um, and I can speak a little bit more about also what that means mm. for the child if they start consuming alcohol so early, if they consume so much, and if they consume over a long lifetime, so to say. Mm-hmm. No, uh, please tell us. Please tell us a little bit more about uh, about that as well. So what happens is that we can see, for example, from scientific analysis that. Uh, children who begin um, alcohol consumption early, they develop a much bigger risk of developing alcohol problems later on in life. But, for example, people don't know that alcohol causes cancer. Alcohol actually causes seven types of cancer. Mm. And so the earlier you start consuming alcohol, the bigger you, the, the bigger the risk of actually developing cancer due to alcohol consumption then becomes later on in life, right? It's accumulating. Mm. Mm. So you can, you see all these kinds of risks. And then there is a completely different dimension. So one is the child and when the child starts consuming alcohol, which associations do they have with alcohol? Um, And then there is also the community and the parents and alcohol marketing also affects the parents and the community. and, And so it normalizes alcohol and that means alcohol becomes a risk factor in the environment where children grow up. So children perceive uh, the behavior of adults as frightening, as unpredictable when adults are under the influence of alcohol. And communities where alcohol is highly present, they, are, they have so many risk factors that they actually undermine norms of academic performance, norms of decent social behavior. So even in this community dimension, alcohol marketing and the presence of alcohol um, is harmful for children and increases the risk of other kinds of uh, ill effects of alcohol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for for that as well. Um, What needs to be done to regulate exposure to to advertisement of, uh, of alcohol? Yeah, and that's of course a logical question when we look at the problems that alcohol marketing is causing to our communities and and our people. Mm. I think we have to begin by saying the current way of uh, regulating alcohol marketing is not effective and is not protecting uh, people. The current way is allowing the alcohol industry to regulate itself, but self-regulation very obviously is no regulation. Mm. So then uh, the best way to go about it is to actually ban alcohol advertising, sponsorship, and other forms of uh, alcohol promotion. And the interesting thing is that people actually want this. They especially want this for protecting children from the alcohol industry, but people also overall support alcohol advertising uh, bans. So that is the best uh, solution when it comes to um, uh, regulating marketing. And the World Health Organization has the evidence. So alcohol 
Advertising bans are one of the three best buys that governments can can use to protect their people from alcohol harm. With with, the, with all of this, though, do you do you think that it can it can be done? You said that you know there's a lot of people who want this, but then there's a lot of supporters uh, for you know for you know for ad for these adverts as well and all these sponsorships and everything. So, do you think that it can actually be done, just like um, cigarettes? And you know, tobacco. There's no adverts for for cigarettes as, uh, now, but uh, can can the same be done for alcohol? Though I think this is a very insightful question, and I would say yes, it can be done, but it needs, um, I think, a popular movement because, as you have alluded to in your question, there are of course interesting aligning. Um, in support of the alcohol industry. So everybody who benefits from income from alcohol marketing mm. is in support of continuing this kind of harmful practice that we are exposed to right now. So the media, uh, football clubs, um, TV stations, and so on. I think also uh, politicians, uh, certain uh, parties also in the UK and other countries. Mm. So there is also likely big opposition but even this big opposition can be overcome. So countries have um, banned alcohol advertising. Countries have also now gone and uh, banned alcohol advertising in the social media, for example. And uh, that can be done if uh, the evidence is used that is actually available and if there is a popular support. So if people express the need that they uh, see to protect their children, to protect their communities. Mm. I think then, yes, it can be done. And I think the example with tobacco, it's really great that you bring it up because it looked like it's also impossible to regulate the tobacco industry. Mm. Um, but uh, over time, we were able uh, to build support and to create a movement for the need to protect people from these harmful industries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Mike Dunabir, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and speaking to us. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and uh, have a lovely day. Thank you once again. Thank you so much for having me and for addressing this really important topic. All the best. Absolutely, absolutely. All the best to you as well. So very interesting speaking to both of uh, both of our guests uh, this afternoon as well. Um, I mean, it, it was done. It was done for 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 tobacco. Why, why why can it not be done for for alcohol as well? Um, that is you know that is a big question. That is a big yeah, question. Yeah, particularly you know if people are concerned about the substance abuse, the drugs abuse. Well, alcohol is a drug. Alcohol it, is a drug. It, it gets you intoxicated. On it, and it has got most horrible um, physical uh, health effects on your body, which also has an impact on the society. Yeah. So every every day, 20 people in the UK, they die as a result of their drinking. That's the thing. And the impact of alcohol doesn't stop there. It obviously affects families, communities, um, in fact, the whole society. Hmm. So, so that's why the Islamic teaching, as we mentioned earlier, that the commandment of God Almighty um, uh, you know, he has uh, such a wisdom. The, the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, the promised Messiah, Hazrat mm. Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadiyan, he said that uh, um, God Almighty states, O ye who believe, fear Allah. This means that in the first instance, one should profess belief. And then after this, one should abandon sinful practices mm. and keep in the company of the, the 
truthful. Yes. The company one keeps has a deep underlying effect on that individual's personality. Mm. So the promised Messiah on whom be peace then says, for example, if one regularly visits places where alcohol is consumed, no matter how much they abstain from it, eventually they will end up drinking that's, alcohol. That's the thing, isn't it? So that's, that's the, the thing. To, 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 you know, the company you keep, you have to watch for it. If you are sitting in a company of, and 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 here in this society, people can happen, people yeah. can complain that oh, we have you know all our friends, all peers, they they mm. all drink. Mm. Well, if they are drinking, then you leave their company at that time, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so so you stick to the the good things they have, adopt those ones. Uh, yeah. And when they do, the rather than least, yeah, you know going exactly. for for those things which take you down, mm. and stand on the principles uh, which it, are based on on wisdom. And who knows, maybe when you leave their company, when they are doing these things, someone may follow you, isn't it? Absolutely. So and and, and it they do. Happen that way Actually, well. they, they envy, you know, uh, when they are away from you, they, they envy and uh, that you are able to leave their You're company, able to leave and, the company. And you are, you are able to live a, a, a righteous life. Uh, um, so Absolutely. again, in chapter 5, verse 91, 92, the negative consequences of alcohol have been mentioned. Yes. And it says that, O ye who believe, Wine and the game of hazard and idols and divining arrows are only an abomination of Satan's handiwork. Yeah. So shun each one of them that you may prosper. Satan desires only to create enmity and hatred among you by means of wine and the game of hazard and to keep you back from the remembrance of Allah and from prayer. But will you keep back? Yeah. So that's such a beautiful guidance that, you know, uh, one that you are uh, indulging yourself into an activity which is going to take you uh, away from God Almighty. Mm. And that is the basic purpose of your life for which you have been created by God Almighty. Um, as it says that there is no other purpose of creating uh, 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 jinn and ins, that means mm. the, the human beings who are either at a very high status, hidden from people, or they are common people. Mm. They are all have been created for the purpose of worship of Allah. So, if anything takes you away from God Almighty, that cannot be good for you. Mm. So that is that is one thing which which and, and and the second is that it does contain such things. We have mentioned a few of those, and we have listened to our guests as well mentioning the uh, ill effects of those things. So, one uh, particularly, if somebody who is a Muslim. And, um, and the, who has been guided by God Almighty? Mm. Um, th they should definitely try to um, try to keep away. Keep away from these. Particularly, you know, when you when you say your prayers, the one essential of prayers is that you should be in your senses. You should know what you're saying exactly. Saying. Exactly. Uh, so if you're praying five times a day, <laughs> yeah, where will you get the time to drink anyway? Yeah. So that's why Allah the Almighty says that, O oh, you who believe, approach not prayer when you are not in full possession of your senses. Mm. And until you know what you say, mm. so in order to know what you are saying, you you, <laughs> you can't consume. <laughs> you need to stay sober, well, isn't it? <laughs> and and that that could be one of the one of the reason why it has been um, prohibited is that you want to be in the company of God Almighty. You want exactly. to be before Him, uh, sub exactly. supplicating to Him. And if you don't know what you are saying, you know how how can it be? Uh, uh, and, and it's very very natural that you know if you go to see somebody. Uh, and you are not even aware of what you are saying. You mm. know how can uh, how can how, you benefit how can, out how can of you it? benefit out of that as well? I mean, this is. I mean, we spoke about uh, you know, the ill effects of that as well. And our guests also spoke about the the short term effects, the long term effects as well. Some short term effects are that you know we we see accidents and injuries 
um, they require hospital treatment, uh, you know, such as such as a head injury or other sort of things we see. Uh, see violent behavior, which you uh, mentioned as well. Yeah, my experience in hospital work mm. is that on Friday night. Friday, Saturday? Friday and Saturday, yeah. know, obviously. Um, Friday, Saturday night, you know, it's a nightmare because all the people, they are coming drunk. A- and they, in A&E, isn't it? In yeah. A&E. And they will occupy the beds. They will occupy that's overnight. The, that's and, the problem. Uh, uh, and the and the problem with that is that if they fall and they have a head injury, mm. um, you are not sure of whether they have got a head injury. The effect of head injury mm. is what is confusing them, or is it the or effect it of alcohol? Yeah, that's okay. it. So it, it, so you can't just leave them alone. So you have to alone. keep them in the hospital under observation to see that they have have not. Uh, you know, got physical damage to their uh, their brain or something. So uh, it is a lot of extra expenditure on on the on on the national health service. Absolutely. Uh, uh, whereas it is already you know working under uh, conditions where you know the the, the, the budget is uh, small and and you are to the limit already and yeah. and you are adding up the load by just you know coming drunk to the to the casualty mm. be, or being brought up. And then uh, you are you are being uh, you know uh, looked after just just because uh, you you want to enjoy your addiction. Yeah. So so that that is that is one thing, and definitely um, you can practically cause such damage to your brain, your body, that it can be um, it can have a lasting effects as well. And you know um, you know where a lot of drinks uh, are being served then there's a chance of uh, people spiking those uh, those drinks as well. Maybe they can put uh, yeah, some yeah, drugs in that Other drugs that come with it. That, that's an anti-point. It's a gateway yeah. as well. And and then they cause not only to themselves this happens. They Because of their violent behavior, mm. they cause damage to the to the properties. They cause damage to the people, um, injured injuries to the others. Uh, and uh, some sometimes they, they can get so drunk that... Um, you know, they they lose their mobile phones, they lose their possessions, their wallets and, or whatever. Their wallets. Yeah. And and then um, they, because when you get drunk, you don't know what are the limit. Hmm. So you keep on drinking till you you come to a point where it, it can be a poison for you. Hmm. The dosage of alcohol yeah. can co- can kill you. Yeah. That's why you see that there are sixty people are dying every day, um, um, apart from the chronic effects, which obviously, which uh, o- yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's obvious, isn't it? Um, but you know, we we spoke we we spoke about the, the short term effects, the long term effects as well. Um, the the worst part is, that, I mean, not the worst part, but the thing is, is that people know that if they drink a lot, that they are going to have a hangover, or the next day is not going to be a very pleasant day for them. But despite this, they know this, but they still they still indulge uh, in this one as well. You know, the promised Messiah upon whom we peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, he has said that drunkenness is the root of all evil and the intoxicated man is likely to commit the most horrible crimes on the slightest provocation. Other evils are inseparable from it. Piety and drunkenness are like light and darkness respectively and can never exist together in the same place. The man who is not aware of his full of his evil consequences, evil consequences, is not far-sighted. Furthermore, the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, has also said that alcohol is an evil which damages the mind and kills thousands of people every year, and earns one severe punishment in the hereafter. So it's not just 
you, you know, you're, you're, you're not, it's not, you're not just pu- getting punished you're in this world, it's <laughs> yeah. in the air after as well. The next world as well, you'll be, be questioned because you are disobeying the commandment of God Almighty. Uh, and I, I remember, um, you know, one of my consultants hmm. um, in the hospital saying that, that uh, you know, I, I, I told him that, you know, I can't come to the party because it is in a pub and I, I don't want to go there because I don't drink. And, and he said, but, but uh, I don't drink either because alcohol is forbidden in Christianity. So, <laughs> so that is true that if you look at the true teachings of hmm. even Christianity, hmm. it is not allowed. It is hmm. forbidden. Um, same as 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 swine. Swine is also prohibited in the, according to the Christian teachings, and that's that's what he he told me. He told and me, and yeah. he's a very practicing Christian. So 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 the thing is that these the other things are the excuses. Hmm. Even if you if you look at the the uh, the ill effects, then then you will you will definitely uh, you know try to avoid it. Uh, and the holy prophet of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, may peace so, and so. blessings of Allah be upon him. Time and again, he mentioned, and there are so many different uh, traditions called uh, hadith, the, the hadith, uh, which which say, uh, like uh, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas narrated that the prophet said um, that ab- abstain from khamar because it mm. is the key source of all evils. Mm. Khamar being, you know, being Khamar is the wine, intoxication. intoxication. Yeah. Yeah. Abu Musa al-Ashari, who was another companion on, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, reported the Prophet, on whom be, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, uh, saying that there are three who will not enter paradise. One who is addicted to wine, hmm. one who breaks ties of relationship, and one who believes in magic. Hmm. Uh, so, so they're they're all different types of uh, traditions. Another one, which is narrated by Abu Huraira, on, uh, may Allah be pleased with him, he, he said um, he he narrates that the Prophet, uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that the drinker of wine is like the worshipper of idols. Mm. So it's to that extent that it has been mentioned. Yeah. Also, Tariq bin Suwayd asked the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, about wine. And he forbade him. When he told him that uh, he used it only as medicine, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also replied that it is not a medicine, but it is a disease. You know, just proper consuming it uh, like uh, like that one as well. So in Islam, it is forbidden. Um, in other religions as well, it is forbidden. Just simply because you know it's the the harmful effects of that very very much outweigh you know the 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 good things. Uh, the advantages of that as well. The the negative effects are so are, are so much are so di- so dire that you're not as we just mentioned. You get a punishment in this world and also in the hereafter as well. So that is our show, uh, first part of the show for this afternoon. Join us after the break as we are going to be speaking about heaven. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. 
بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپون یو آل ویلکم بیک ٹو دی ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہے آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو and uh, different things which are in relation to heaven the concept of heaven as well um when we when we think of heaven some of us picture illustrious vibrant gardens uh, others sim- think of a, of it as more of a simpler uh, or a or a higher dimensional life and some he- and certain to some heaven is quite simply put non-existent um some people think that you know there's no such thing is it doesn't even exist But have we ever really stopped to to deeply ponder to actually really think about what heaven actually what it actually is what it will look like what it will feel like what it you know what we will experience over there as well is heaven actually a garden like place in the hereafter or will it be the same for everyone will everyone be entered into heaven so these are just some of the questions and the, this is something that we are going to be speaking about on uh, on today's uh, on this part of the drive time show um if you have any questions uh, or any comments that you would like to um share with us uh, on air the number to call in is 0208687 and uh, you can also tweet us at voice of islam uk so just to just to just to give a little introduction uh, about uh, al janna janna being uh, paradise or, or or heaven The term al-jannah is used in the Holy Quran symbolically to refer to paradise and it also uses jannah for a simple garden as well. Um a, a garden of dates and grapes is called uh is called jannah as well. And if a garden had other fruit trees but uh, not dates and grapes then it will then it will called hadika. Um you know being another expression and another term for for garden as well. The words describing heaven and hell have been used as metaphors and there is a different you know a different truth behind which is you know which is sort of hidden behind them therefore along with these metaphorical descriptions the holy quran states in chapter 32 verse 18 and no soul knows what joy of the eyes is kept hidden for them as a reward for the good they used to do so similarly it has also been narrated in a in a narration of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him that the bounties of heaven were such that no eye has ever seen them no ear has ever heard them and no human heart has ever conceived them you know uh, actually witnessed them experienced them uh, so to say in fact heaven and hell are a reflection of the faith and the deeds of this world you know if 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 you've done good deeds you will experience a a a a pleasant time in the hereafter if you've done bad deeds if you've done sin if you've done, if you've indulged yourself in transgression and rebellion all the, all these indecency then you will experience a a punishment or a lack of punishment or most likely you will experience punishment uh, or or uh, or the anger of allah the almighty as well but of course allah the almighty is is all merciful as well it is up to him that uh, you know someone is going to go to heaven someone is going to go to hell and when we talk about deeds you know there there's 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 so many different examples there's so many different traditions there were some pious people and uh, they they said to 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 a person who who was uh, who was a sinner who was a very bad person he committed you know a lot of bad things 
that you know you have so you have committed so many bad things you, you will never enter paradise you will never go to go to, you know attain paradise you never go to heaven and Allah the Almighty on the day of judgment when both of them you know were in in his presence they said that who are you to say that I am that he this, this person is not going to go to heaven why are you trying to restrict me I'm going to punish you now and this person I'm going to go to t- to take into take <laughs> yeah, into to paradise. Who are, <laughs> who are you to tell me what to do and what not to do? <laughs> yeah, so you know, no one can tell. Interestingly, you know, the um, you spoke about the meanings of al jannah. Um, uh, you know, the term jinn, which is also you know, people are very um, uh, it's fascinating yeah. about you know jinn. Some what misconceptions is about as well. Yeah. Is, is, is it a creation of God? Um, the, it it's also derived from the same word. Same root word. You yeah. Know, the root yeah. word is the same jinn, and and jinn means hidden. Yeah. And uh, also jannah. Jannah means uh, um, something which is covered up. Something which is covered up. Which yeah. is hiding. Which mm. is covered up. And um, the layer upon layers. If there are gardens upon the ground, which are layer upon layer, then yeah. the, that ground is covered. That yeah. and that is also called a jannah. If the trees are very high, they're blocking the sun. They're blocking the sun. That's, they're that's covering the covering area. The, yeah. Um, making a shadow. Making a shadow. And that that is also that called is also that jannah. is a, called a jannah. You know, uh, in 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 Arabic as well, from the same root word jinin. Yeah, which is the fetus? That yeah, is fetus. Because that it is, is hidden. hidden. That is yeah, also hidden. You know, yeah, uh, also. Yeah, that, that's true. So, the, so they all have the same root. So, when you when you mentioned that uh, no eye has ever seen them, mm. no ear has ever heard them, and no human heart has ever conceived them, this is this is the explanation by, by is, the Holy yeah. Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and that exactly explains the meanings of uh, Al Jannah. Exactly. Because uh, you know how can you say? But then uh, obviously the question arises that how come? Uh, you know, God Almighty is mentioning about the fruits hmm. um, that they they will be so many, and and He mentions all sorts of fruits in it, yeah. um, and the dates and the grapes and the uh, and also the um, the the canals of uh, honey and uh, hmm. milk and also uh, you know all the different uh, uh, types of uh, blessings of God Almighty in heaven. So, so why why is it that mentioned? Because you know, if if nobody knows about that, mm. so this is this is a philosophy which I think, um, up to my knowledge, I have only read in details, uh, which is clearly explains uh, um, only by the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, mm. uh, and as I was uh, just uh, mentioned to you that, uh, um, you know, in order to explain uh, about the heaven or the paradise. One needs to go and have the experience of that, yeah. and that is why you know when the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, he went on this journey of miraj, mm. um, spiritual which is the, the, the spiritual um, journey yeah. um, to the heavens, and then he came back and then he explained everything, and this is what he saw on the on the first heaven and the second heaven and the third heaven and mm. up to seventh, and then then he explains about the paradise, yeah. how he behaved and 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 you know he he mentions about like when he went to Isra that he uh, he met uh, an old woman and uh, she presented her with three glasses yes. and one was with water one was with milk and the third one with the wine, wine and yeah. he he rejected the other two but accepted the milk one, the milk one yeah. and that was a complete food so actually it is all metaphorical in, in because the same thing is that we are talking 
or God Almighty is telling us in metaphors because we do not have the physical uh, capacity to understand because God Almighty as he is in a different dimension. We are in a physical dimension. He is in a spiritual dimension mm. and they can't be uh, together because you, you need, you know, for you to see something, you need uh, a material which is uh, which is reflecting the light mm. uh, and because uh, all these things they are they are uh, spiritual things uh, which will convert to physical you know at a certain at stage a, at a certain stage because you cannot actually uh, perceive those things unless your soul has a body mm. but this exactly. it needs a body in order to experience something mm. Even a, a good thing, a bad thing, a pain, uh, a player, uh, it needs a body. So God Almighty has made sudden, such an arrangement that it is the soul which remains. God Almighty has created the soul and then to this soul he gives a body. This body remains in this world. Hmm. This is our worldly life. Hmm. So this body departs. Hmm. Because, and, but the soul remains there. And exactly. this soul, as soon as you leave, is given another body. And this is an in intermediary pe yeah, period, yeah. which is called Barzakh. Mm. That has been explained by the, the Holy Founder of the Amin Muslim community, the Promised Messiah, on whom we peace very beautifully, mm. that this is the interim period in which, although your uh, reward and punishment start straight away, as soon as you die, but this body which has been given to you is such a body which has been prepared from what your deeds were. Mm. So if you had good deeds spiritually, um, they were good, they, they will be like, uh, like a light. Mm. They will yeah. be white and they will be shining and they will be bright and you could see that. But those who had done bad deeds or evil deeds in this world, they will be the given bodies according to what they themselves made in this world from evil. So they will be like smoke mm. and they will be like dark and dark and, 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 and ugly. And um, I mean, the window will be open. The, win whichever, the window whichever will whichever be open. And the promised Messiah, the, the beauty about him is in his book, Philosophy of the Teachings of Islam, he explains that uh, he has himself mm. experienced that he has met people from the past. Mm. who have passed away and he met those who were good people with the bright and shining light bodies whereas the bad people or the evil people he saw them like with the smoked bodies mm. uh, and, and he could he could make a difference and he could differentiate you know who who, who did what yeah. you know so so they have been given body accordingly but the thing is that they will remain in this period which is like a, a period where they are in a waiting phase although you know when the people with the smoked body will look at the people with a bright body hmm. they would they will have this desire within them that uh, and they they would wish that they also had the white body hmm. so they will do istighfar hmm. they will repent uh, upon what they did so so actually they will start having clarification or purification from from so then from, on from then on from because then there on. is nothing which god has created is purposeless mm. so this is a period like they are in a hospital sort of thing yeah. where they are trying to uh, you know get uh, to where they can be um, forgiven 
but so so this is having over the period over millions of years this is going on as the mankind has started or uh, uh, from the from our adam who was the adam prophet yeah. uh, on whom be peace uh, although the mankind had started before that yeah. when adam was the first prophet was the first prophet but yes. uh, then uh, a stage will come when god almighty is going to finish everything again mm. and that is the doomsday when you will hear the sound and and everything will be is going to finish and what is the going to happen at that stage is that um that suddenly uh, after this day come this is uh, the called the end of the day everybody who has been given this body or that body every everything uh, they the soul will be separated again mm. and this soul will be separated from the whatever body they have and they all will be given a new body and that will be common that will be same body hmm. everyone they will be young they will be given a body hmm. but they have to present themselves before god hmm. and that is the day of judgment so at that time that is where god almighty has mentioned that then people will forget about your relatives your your brothers your, your sisters your brothers, who yeah. they will be worried about them what is going to happen we are going to face god hmm. and that is the day of judgment so they this is the third body which they will be given hmm. and because your soul is useless it is not it cannot take the player it cannot uh, suffer the punishment unless it has got a body so they will be given a body and this this your same soul will be there in a different form and uh, and the, you will face the this uh, accountability on that day and then you will be clearly be sent to this paradise which we are going to talk about today hmm. and uh, either uh, you know hell or heaven so this is the heaven we are talking about so hell is the one who were not able who were unfortunate um, that they will not they were not even forgiven or they did not turn towards god to ask forgiveness uh, and therefore they will be um, the unfortunate ones who will be um, will be going to to hell but with the kindness of god almighty and and the way he is merciful uh, he is going to um, reward uh, paradise to everyone in the end so mm. so these are Absolutely. the different stages which you go through and you get this body and and al janna is promised which which although not only that this janna is after your death hmm. and that is the beauty of the holy quran that's, that's the beauty that of the it, holy quran it talks about jannatan yes talks yeah. about two paradises two, two paradises exactly and and it says and it's very clearly it mentioned in, in one of the verses of the holy quran that those who who believe in god almighty and then they are steadfast they are promised that the angels will descend upon them hmm. okay in this world hmm. yeah uh, it, it says in this world and in the hereafter yeah so the if the angels are descending in this world and in the hereafter obviously they have been promised this janna in this world and in the hereafter as well so this is one janna he is talking about god almighty is talking about is in this world and how does it start because when you again is 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 the holy founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community who has explained it so beautifully mm. and he says that the contentment of your heart with god Hmm. when we achieve that and you have to go through a various stages you have hmm. to you are in a stage of nafsa amara that's you are just like an animal hmm. and then you develop from there you go to nafsa lawama hmm. where it is it is your soul which is all always 
I'm, you know, regretful and it's mm-hmm. always, uh, uh, does commit some weakness, yeah. or shows some weakness on, but uh, on the basis of that, it continues to struggle at her till it reach, reaches to a stage which, which when God Almighty calls that soul and tells him that you enter are into my garden, enter, yeah, to my, enter my, my, uh, uh, my servant, my servants, yeah. And and then that is the stage of contentment, mm. nafse mutmainna. So if you have reached nafse mutmainna in this world, that is what is your paradise in this world. Mm. And that is why when you say, God Almighty says that when you will see the fruits available in the paradise, which will be in the physical form, because you will be given a physical body, so you will be seeing those fruits. But actually, this is what you did in this world. Mm. So your spiritual things which you enjoyed in this world like in the form of worship you were fasting you were enjoying the company of god almighty you were receiving the revelations from god almighty these are the blessings which you enjoy in this world spiritually but they will be converted into physical form in the hereafter and you will be shown and you will enjoy that in the physical form but when you will see them you say oh somewhere before as well we have seen them Hmm. so that is the reason so although they are physical but they are not the same They're fruit the same as thing. you were having grapes and uh, dates and, uh, uh, you know, whatever, the different fruits, uh, uh, pomegranates. Uh, uh, in fact, every fruit is mentioned. So so that is that is the answer to wonder that, that why is it said that you saw it before? Because you saw it before when your paradise started in this world, you could experience that. And, and that is why you say, oh, I've seen it before as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that that is that is what I, I I just summarized it so that you have a concept what the promised Messiah, the Holy Founder of the Amnesty Community, uh, on whom be peace, has so explicitly, explicitly and in in details uh, he has explained. And one must read if he gets mm. a chance um, the philosophy or the teachings of Islam, in which he explains uh, what is going to happen to you when you die. Mm. So, what is paradise and what is hell? And mm. and he has explained the paradise. In paradise, there are three things. Three things he said, three points. One, there is nothing which is actually coming from outside. Whatever you yourself do is going to be presented to you. Your good deeds. So you are creating your heaven and hell in this world yourself. Hmm. That is one thing. Second, he he said that your spiritual things, what you you have gained here or or whatever, bad or good, they are are going to be presented to you in the the hereafter. Hmm. And the the third thing he has mentioned is again that the the spiritual things are going to convert. It's your deeds, but is the spiritual things are going to be converted to physical things because you are going to be given another body. It will not. It's not going to be the same body because this body, you know, you it is you get drowned, you get uh, burnt up, you get. Um, so so this has nothing to do. So you'll be, you're going to be given another body in mm. the in the intermediate stage. It's called Barzakh. And then after that, on the Day of Judgment, you're going to be given a third body. Mm. And that is where you're going to be on a long-term basis. You are on permanently. And that is what is the difference between the other, some of the other religions and Islam. That Islam promises that this paradise, this heaven is going to be permanent. Whereas the hell or the punishment stage is limited and because it is beyond God's mercy mm. that it is going to last forever. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, you know, for for that uh, for that uh, introduction as well. Uh, you know, qu- quite in detail. Um, let's uh, let's speak to our guest who is on the line with us, Osama Mubarak, who is a recent graduate 
of uh, Jamia Ahmadiyya UK. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Wa alaikum salam, thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for, for joining us this afternoon uh, on our show. Um, to For the benefit of our listeners to begin with, what what happens to the soul after after death? I mean, I was listening to your conversation as well, and I honestly have to admit that you probably could not have summed it up even, uh, you know, the way you did, because yeah. I was reading some excerpts from um, the book, The Philosophy of the Teachings of Islam, yes. which you already alluded to, a book of the Promised Messiah, a great book that details these kind of issues. And the Promised Messiah talks about three states um, of existence that man goes through. Mm. And he explains that the first state in the world, which you again mentioned, is the name of which is the first creation, mm. right? And thereafter, this is of course followed by the second state, which is Barzakh. And you, 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 you talked about Barzakh, and often this is something that people have sort of, um, you know, exchanged for purgatory in the Christian doctrines. However, there is a difference between the Islamic interpretation that we have for barzakh, purgatory, if you want to call it. Because in the Arabic language, barzakh is that which is situated between two things. In this mm-hmm. case, the first creation and the resurrection. The resurrection being the final stage. Mm-hmm. And if we look into history, we find that traditionally, Christians believe that heaven and hell were physical places. Whereas nowadays, some Christians believe that heaven and hell are not physical places, but instead could be states of mind. For example, heaven might be a state of unending happiness. So their their interpretations or their beliefs, some have wavered, some have changed, some have been modified. Whereas this a definition that you've uh, made as well, that you've alluded to, that of the Prophet Messiah regarding barzakh and regarding how the bodies will either be illumined or darkened, uh, in in relation to their deeds uh, during this stage, this intermediary stage, is something that is derived directly from the interpretations of the Holy Quran. Mm. So uh, again, it's, it's it's the beauty of Islam that uh, interpretations like this are preserved from the beginning onwards. And uh, barzakh is is a phenomenon that, of course, is something that you can't really accredit a time to. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when we when we talk about when we talk about all of this, uh, you know, the, the concept of uh, of hell, the concept of uh, of heaven, um, let's speak a little bit more about uh, heaven for now as well. What will what will heaven be like? Will, will we meet people that that we that we knew in this world, um, or you know, how would how would it sort of uh, be? How is this described in Islam? It's an interesting question. This, and I think again, you you did hint towards this. And uh, the verses you mentioned and the hadith that you mentioned as well, mm. the saying of the Holy Prophet, peace upon him, is of utmost importance. And I think you should once again remind the listeners that of these verses and of the hadith. Uh, the verse which was, if I remember correctly, uh, translating to, no soul knows what joy of the eyes is kept hidden for them. Mm. And uh, the second part was, as a reward for the good they used to do. And then we also find a narration, a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, where in regards to heaven, uh, he's reported to have said that no eye has yet uh, seen them, i.e. the blessings of paradise, nor has any ear heard of them, nor can any human mind conceive them. So that's as much of a description one could gather, I believe. And in relation to 
meeting people in heaven. Uh, I believe that was the second part of your question. Mm. Um, we find that in Surah Tur, a chapter of the Holy Quran, God Almighty explains that those who believe and whose children follow them in faith will be joined by their children. And there's another, there's another narration uh, which uh, I found very interesting. It was during the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, where a man um, came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had a question and proclaimed his love for Allah and his Prophet, peace be upon him. Thereafter, he inquired about some things in relation to the hereafter too. And in response to this question of the hereafter, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba translating to that a man or man will be with whom he loves. So if your question is about whether you will be with your loved ones in paradise or not, then the answer is, I assume, yes, inshallah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, uh, God willing. Uh, talking a little bit more about uh, about this as well, um, the concept of uh, of heaven, what will it be like? Will, you know, Would we be with people that we love, people that we know as well? What what shape uh, would we you know the inmates of uh, of heaven be like as well? Would they have bodies uh, as they had in this world? Would they be old, young? How, how would they be? Hmm. Uh, I think first of all, before you delve into that uh, question as well, it's important to understand that the Prophet ﷺ in, in relation to this has stated and made it clear that heaven and hell are only issues of relativity. And a healthy soul which has acquired the taste for good things when um, brought into proximity of objects of his choice would draw even greater pleasure than before. And the reason that's important to understand is because uh, all that a healthy spiritual man would crave was nearness to God and his attributes to you know, imitate divine virtues and blessings. And mm. in heaven we find that such a healthy soul would begin to see and conceive and perhaps feel the nearness of the attributes of God like never before. So again, it's something that we can't exactly relate to in this life to that extent. Mm-hmm. And then the Promised Messiah also goes on to explain um, that uh, not only would uh, would they remain merely spiritual values, but it w- would acquire ethereal forms and shapes which the newly born heavenly spirit would enjoy with the help of the erstwhile soul, which would function as the body. So it's not a physical body as such as we perceive it in this world, but it is a, a form of a body that the soul undertakes. And that, again, would be a matter of relativity. So the converse will then, of course, of relation to, to heaven would be hell, in the sense that an unhealthy soul would create an unhealthy body for the new soul of the hereafter. Mm. And, of course, the same factors which provide uh, pleasure to the healthy soul would provide torture and um, deep kind of suffering for this unhealthy entity. Right. So, one more thing I, I believe is that we ought to remember that the grave is actually an intermediary phase of existence, uh, like you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, between this life and the life to come. So here, spiritual life will progress gradually through many stages until it reaches its ultimate destiny, uh, not in a physical form, but prepared from light or from darkness as you mentioned, through the sayings of um, the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when we when we talk about different things which are mentioned, um, that n- they will be that they will be in heaven, what's the significance of uh, you know of, of the fruit which has been mentioned, honey and milk? 
uh, in the Holy Quran when those things are, you know, sort of those things which we have in this world? Mm. Uh, I think, I mean, the fruit, uh, the mention of fruit and milk and honey and all sorts and streams of water is, uh, is, is quite bountiful throughout the Quran. And it should be clear that uh, these words used to describe them in the Quran have been used only in a metaphorical sense in relation to heaven. Because mm. we understand that from this, the fruits, honey, milk, etc. Uh, in other words, the blessings that will be bestowed upon the believers in the next world are far too good and too plentiful to be even imagined or conceived mm. of, as, um, as, as you mentioned earlier as well, because you also made a mention of the fruit. And I think that's the interpretation you gave. Hmm. which uh, we are in complete agreement with. And thereafter, the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, explains that the fruit of the next world will in fact be the image of the quality of their own faith. Hmm. So this is also a very interesting point. And he goes on to state that when they will eat it, they will at once recognize and remember that it is the fruit of the faith they had in this world. Additionally, um, we also find that the acts of worship performed in this life will appear to believers as fruit in the next. Mm. And of course, the more sincere and the more appropriate a man's worship is, the more will he enjoy his portion of the fruit in paradise. And uh, the quality of life, of course, in paradise will be better as well. Um, one more element that uh, we could perhaps allude to is if you delve into the whole aspect of dreams, and you find that death and sleep resemble each other. So the difference being that whereas in death, the human soul is completely and permanently cut off from the body, right? It leaves the body. Mm. In sleep, the the severance of this is only temporary and partial. So now the scenes which a man witnesses in a dream cannot be called purely mental or spiritual because he has a body also in his dreams and sort of finds himself sometimes in gardens and streams and then he'll be eating fruits and drinking milk. So it's hard to say that the contents of dreams are only mental state. Uh, the milk enjoyed in a dream, for example, is no doubt a real experience, but no one can say that is the material milk that we find in this day and age, in mm. this world that we drink on a daily basis. Right. So dreams have a meaning of their own, right? And we see that uh, you have examples of mangoes, for example. In a dream, if you eat a mango, it symbolizes a righteous child or a righteous heart. Eating grapes signifies love and fear of God and so on and so forth. Hmm. So in short, you could perhaps say that the spiritual blessings of the next life will not be a mere subjective realization of the gifts of God with which we have you know, familiarized ourselves with in this world. As a matter of fact, what we enjoy here is quite simply just a representation of the real and true gifts of God, which man will God willingly find in the next world. God willing, definitely, definitely. And one last question that uh, that we want to ask you as well is that, you know, th- there is this concept uh, which which uh, you know some people have is that uh, heaven heaven is above us, and hell is uh, underneath us. Um, to, to what to what extent uh, you know is this true or false? Uh, well, there's a beautiful uh, answer that the promised Messiah peace be upon him gave in uh, in relation to this question, and he went on to explain that the concept of hell and heaven in Islam is completely different from the normally held view of other religions or mm. other spheres of life and even within cultures you have this belief of heaven and hell yeah. and it's completely different to that and he says that heaven and hell are not two different places occupying separate time and space as most people perceive it in this day and age mm. 
because according to the Holy Quran, the heaven or the heaven covers the entire universe. And there is an example of um, a companion of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, who inquired, saying, or in fact, it was it was some of them who inquired uh, collectively that where would hell be then? And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, responded, saying, at the same place. And this was the answer that he gave them. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to say that, you, but you do not have the faculty to understand their coexistence. That is to say, in ordinary human terms or layman terms, they may seem to occupy the same time and space, but in reality, because they belong to different dimensions, so the, they will not, or they will coexist without interfering and without, you know, uh, interrelating with one another or with each other. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very beautifully put there as well. Salman Barak, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this afternoon and uh, some great insight uh, as well, what you have what you have given us as well. Zakullah uh, and As-salamu alaykum Thank, Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, as uh, you know, he mentioned about, uh, you know, this last uh, hmm. hadith, that's traditional, the Holy Prophet, may peace be upon him. And uh, he also says that he, he, when this companion asked him, hmm. uh, you know, uh, where is the hell and, uh, you know, and he, he said that uh, where does the n- the night go when the day comes? Hmm. Yeah, you know, they are both in the same space. They're both in the same place. Uh, yeah. Yet there is a day and there is a the night. They both exist, uh, but it is uh, just simultaneous. That uh, hmm. you know they they can they can exist in the same space. Hmm. Uh, so it's the same way the heaven and hell. They are going to be uh, you know in the same place. And uh, they're not going to be out there somewhere. Mm. They can be just right here, and even even it can start in this in in this world. Absolutely, the heaven and hell can be start, and it's uh, God Almighty's uh, one of the creations is uh, uh, as as he hinted, it's a dimension mm. in which dim- in where you know in what dimension you are. Like we've got right now here in this room. Apart from that, you can hear me. Um, you are not hearing the other sounds, but there are millions of other mm. sounds here as well. Mm. They exist, but they are in the in the decibels, which is not within your, our range of ears. Uh, mm. So they can't catch. Maybe some animals can hear the other sounds as well, mm. which uh, we can't. Yeah, and and, and which we which we can't hear. So it's a matter of dimension that the, the things can exist at the same time. Is is the way uh, you know God Almighty has. Uh, you know, created us in such a way, it is in order to protect us that he has given us this range of mm. dimensions that this is perceivable for you and this is not perceivable because it's no, n- not uh, safe for you. Mm. Okay. I yeah. mean, I love, I love the because, because you know, if you, if you get a laser into your eye, you become yeah. blind. Yeah. And um, similarly, um, you know, if you hear a sound, um, many people they come and uh, asking for hearing it because they have been in in the in the war where they were hearing the uh, the and bomb sounds and, uh, yeah. and, and their uh, eardrums has been ruptured. So so this happens, and that that is why it is not uh, that you can't perceive that right now mm. but you will be able to perceive at the right time in the right time I mean Allah the Almighty has created all everything in, in perfect harmony isn't it so uh, even when there's a lot of millions and billions of things are coexisting they still are you know not uh, it's in harmony they are not uh, you know in conflict with one another as well um, le- somebody asked what is the concept of uh, heaven in Islam to His Holiness, the, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad, 
so let's li- may Allah uh, have mercy on him. Let's listen to let's listen to that right now. You see, Jannah is uh, literally it means a garden which is so thick in foliage that it casts a thick shadow over everything it covers. It has this connotation of covering by, uh, you know, so, so perfectly, so, cle- so perfectly and so densely that uh, underneath there is shadow and peace. So the Jannah has the concept of cover and shadow and peace. Now this cover and shadow of peace is another name of religion. And the Holy Quran makes it specifically clear that when the Holy Quran speaks of that tree of evil as against that tree, which the fruit of which was permissible to Adam and Eve, it was not literally a tree. It was only an expression of instructions from Allah, the word of God regarding do's and do nots. So that which was taken to be, it is understood to be the tree of goodness, is that tree which uh, relates to the injunctions of God regarding do this and do that and do that and do that and so. The other tree which is referred to as tree of evil is the tree of, of that branch of injunctions where Allah says, do not do this, do not do that, beware, don't go near this. So that is expressed exactly in the beginning of the whole story. We told Adam, eat thereof as much as you like and from wherever you please, but don't go near this tree. La <laughs> takhrubu this and la takhrubu that, this is the expression of the Quran. Now, the Holy Quran makes this issue uh, more uh, understandable for ordinary people when it speaks of, I mean, I don't mean ordinary people, I mean more understandable by a broader section of the society which cannot go deeper into the meaning of things by lifting the veil of mystery from this tree. It says the example of a holy Kalima, good word, is like that of a good tree. And the example of a bad word is like that of a bad tree in the sense of Habisa is a very strong word, which means something which is uncouth and which defiles you. So filthy and uncouth, I think, is the right word, perhaps. So it's the Holy Quran says that the, the, the likeness of a good word is of that of a good tree, which is pure and pious, and the likeness of a bad word is that of an uncouth tree, which wears bad fruits. Then further it elucidates and expands the illustration by telling us that this good tree is that which is rooted in this earth, in this soil, but deeply and firmly. But its branches go so high, soar high and reach the very heaven. And they bear fruit at every season with the blessing of Allah.
with the permission or order of Allah. So that is the example of believers who reside in the Jannah. This is their tree, which bears fruit with the blessings of Allah and under His command. It's not their own wish, wishful thinking which creates sense of vision or ilham or, or, or revelation as you call it. Whatever is born on them is born from Allah's order and His design. They are pure people. And Kalema Khabisa, that uncouth tree, it has no roots. <laughs> it is carried away by winds from here to there and there to there. It's sheer waste. So this is the meaning of turning out of Jannah. It was not, this was not meant for Adam, this order. Because we have a very clear uh, sign in the Holy Quran which makes us understand that God had forgiven Adam. So after forgiveness, how could he be punished? See, that is one thing which people forget. Adam was never turned out of Jannah. That is why instead of addressing them too, as you too leave Jannah, the address was, all of you leave Jannah. Because it was those who had believed in Adam, and they were numerous people, who had also erred. And they had not sought forgiveness of Allah as Adam had. So we only have the mention of these two being forgiven, Adam and Eve, but not the rest. So sometimes punishment of a people is also shared by their leaders, however innocent they be. Like you know the example of Moses. It was not he who defied, defied God's order, his will. It was his people. So God said, all right, you go and roam, you know, without direction in the, in, in the wilderness for another 40 years. But he also suffered. So we know sometimes Hazrat Muhammad Rasulullah also suffered along with his people while, while he was innocent. So this is my uh, scenario of what happened and this scenario is based on the clear-cut instructions of the Holy Quran itself. So who was turned out was not Adam, it was his followers and he had to go along with them like the followers of Moses. So Jannah is the Sharia and the four walls of Allah's instructions. You step out and you step out into the wilderness. Very beautifully, His Holiness, the fourth caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Azim bin Zatahir Ahmad, may Allah have mercy on him, explaining to us what uh, you know what the concept of uh, of Jannah, of Al Paradise, actually is. Now, there's a, there's a question which you know a lot of people ask: How does one attain entrance to to heaven? Then, I mean, in order to attain the the state of Jannah in life after death, one must develop soil that that, that soil that is uh, compatible to that environment in this world. Only then one is capable of reaching the stage of Al-Jannah. In Islam, the decision of who goes to heaven and who goes to hell is left entirely to God Almighty. And He alone knows people's hearts and is aware of their deeds as well, just like you know, <laughs> uh, the, the example that we gave in the beginning as well. Now the Holy Quran states that people who do good deeds will be rewarded for them. They will be rewarded for those good deeds. In, 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 this is mentioned in numerous different places in the Holy Quran. In, in, in chapter 10, verse 27, Allah the Almighty mentions, for those who do good deeds, there shall be the best reward and yet more blessings. So it leaves it 
open to God Almighty as to who will be judged worthy of entering paradise. And Islam also tells us the quality of, of those people who will enter paradise as well. In chapter 2, verse 278, Allah the Almighty mentions that surely those who believe and do good deeds and observe prayer and pay the zakat shall have their reward from their Lord and no fear shall come on them nor shall they grieve. And in chapter 2, verse 104 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty mentions, and if they had believed and acted righteously, better surely would have been their reward from Allah had they but known. So in, in, the, above two, in, the, in, the, in the above two examples, these are those people who believe in God, who do good deeds, act righteously, observe prayer, and give, you know, give the zagad, give charity, are those are the people who are promised to be rewarded by God Almighty. And this may include the ultimate reward of being admitted into, into paradise in the hereafter. And See, there is know. another verse which, which is very clearly mentioned is chapter 2, verse 63. Hmm. Uh, it gives a clear tidings that it's, it's not like um, it's, it's not only for the Muslims. Um, hmm. Allah the Almighty has said in this verse very clearly that surely the believers and the Jews and the Christians and the Sabians, whichever party from among these hmm. truly believes in Allah and the last day and does good deeds shall have their reward with their Lord and no fear shall come upon them nor shall they grieve. Mm. So this is chapter 2 verse 63 and very clearly mentioned that nobody can claim that oh only the Muslims can go into the paradise no. or only um, Christians can go or in, or, or somebody Jews else or any can, other people, can go yeah. um, because it entirely depends on God Almighty and, and your your deeds and and particularly you know people can say uh, they can see your deeds and they can make judgment but mm. nobody can see your intentions yeah okay so intention yeah. is important and exactly. the other day we were talking that if if, if at the time of uh, time um, you know um, somebody is drowning in the river and you're you're by the side of the river and you start saying your prayers mm. well the prayers are a very good deed you're mm. saying praying you're rushing to God Almighty but at the time the, the good deed is to, to, to save that person save that person mm. who is uh, in drowning, the scorching yeah. heat has gone and swimming and is drowning, is drowning. <laughs> exactly. so, so so that is more important that becomes uh, so your intentions are can only be um, known by God Almighty because he's the one who knows your heart mm. with what intention you did something or said something mm. and that is why he's the best judge you cannot judge on mm -hmm. somebody or somebody can say oh uh, you are saying your kadama but you are not saying from your heart mm. or in your heart you have a different you have person a different, yeah. in your heart so, so no God Almighty has given no right to anybody to, to make a decision that oh, um, you know he had uh, this intention in his mind and in the court of law as well in this world you, you know no decision is made on the basis of intentions mm. it it is based on the on the, on what, the actual the action the actual to, deed. actually yeah. took place yeah. and you can't say that, no he had this intention yes if you have a certain uh, evidence that you know, this shows the motive or this shows that mm. can be considered but nobody can say that he had this and intention this, you know yeah. And, and you'll be um, either forgiven for that or you'll be rewarded for that. One question also is asked is, are heaven and hell eternal? Yeah. And, and I, I also mentioned again that once um, in heaven, Allah says that fatigue, fatigue shall not touch them there, nor shall they ever be ejected, ejected there. From. there from, and that's yeah. from chapter 15, verse 49. 
the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadiyan, on whom be peace, referring to chapter 11, verse 109, and words, Ataun Gherra Majzuz, he says, a gift that shall not be cut off, he says, that this is a permanent state, meaning once in heaven, always in heaven. Yeah. So if hell, like heaven, was to be eternal, then its mention should also have been followed by some such words as punishment that shall not be cut off. Mm. But these words have not been used for the hell. And uh, Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri, one, a close companion of the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him, quotes a long hadith of the Holy Prophet, uh, which, uh, peace be upon him, which clearly shows that the hell is not eternal. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, I mean, there, there, there are countless. Uh, the, I mean, this is a very long hadith uh, uh, as well, uh, or saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. There are so many different uh, um, ones that we can actually uh, find as well. So, just to you know, just to conclude as well, uh, al Jannah is actually used in different contexts in the Holy Quran. But one thing which is clear is that heaven and hell are a reflection of one's own deeds in this world, whether they are good deeds or bad deeds, you will see the, 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 the reflection of that as well. So what we should do is to strive to attain the state of Jannah by following the teachings of the Holy Quran and continuing to carry out the good deeds as well. Of course, have good intentions, but also try to do those intentions and good, and good deeds with those good intentions as well. Although the concept of heaven is different and you know in different religions, one thing is clear, to achieve heaven, one must always strive to carry out good deeds and believe in their maker, God Almighty, Allah, the Almighty as well. So that was our show for uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much uh, for, for listening in, for tuning in. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this one as well. Today's show was, uh, was um, produced by Anam Mahmood. Thank you to her. And of course, uh, Dr. Dr. Zab uh, for always being with us, and uh, Habib Zab in the studio for always, uh, you know, being there uh, and as the technical support. Thank you to all of our guests as well. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.